we get into this routine of, as coaches, and having been a head coach, I know I did it, where you follow the same practice plan every week. And the reality is that football is not played that way. So I think you can be creative within your own practice plans, having the flexibility within your own thought process and planning of what do we need to do this week to help prepare our guys the best for what they're going to see. It might be totally different than what you did last week. Joining us again on the podcast is Jamie Elizondo, who has coached both at the college and professional level, serving as offensive coordinator for the XFL San Antonio Brahmas for the 2022 and 2023 seasons after serving as head coach for the CFL Edmonton Elks in 2022. He served as an offensive coordinator in both the XFL and CFL and has experience at the NFL, college, and high school levels. In addition to being a graduate of the University of Maryland, he holds a law degree from the Washington College of Law at American University. He joined us in 2022 for OC Office Hour and provided useful insight and ideas. I will link that episode in the description. In this episode, he provides a wealth of ideas that he's learned over his 20-plus year career, and you will definitely find these helpful right now as you're in season. What you see on tape is a direct reflection of what you teach and how you teach. Video is important, but if you don't teach well, you're not going to like what you see on your video. First Down Playbook has been helping coaches teach better for 13 years. It allows you to present installs, playbooks, and practice cards in half the time with NFL quality. Coaching tools like video pairing, a player app, practice schedules, and wristband sheets have made First Down Playbook a program management system with everything in one place. If you're in a position of leadership with your football program, receive a free one-week look at First Down Playbook. Call them at 512-814-6158 or visit them on their website or social media. Mention Coach and Coordinator Podcast or use the coupon code COACH24 to receive a $100 discount off the normal $700 First Down Playbook team membership price. Links and the phone number are in the show notes. As coaches, we know that some of the biggest hurdles to our team's success can come from off the field. Your team needs support to tackle the endless list of expenses, uniforms, training equipment, travel, and more. But raising that money can feel like a full-time job. Thankfully, there's Vertical Raise. Vertical Raise is the premier online fundraising platform using innovative technology to create the easiest and most efficient system available. Raise more money in less time with a local fundraising coach who works with your team every step of the way to customize the ideal fundraiser. With options for online donations, digital discount cards, premium product sales, and even spirit shops, Vertical Raise has top-of-the-line solutions for every fundraising style. To find out more, visit verticalraise.com and we'll get you connected with an exclusive offer on your first fundraiser. We're getting deep into the second half of the season here, and so there's a lot of things to consider when you're thinking about moving your offense forward, preparing for some of these big games coming even for a playoff run, and joining me to discuss all of those is XFL Offensive Coordinator Jamie Elizondo. Coach, great to have you back on the podcast. Great to be here, man. Thank you for having me. I'm excited, uh, excited to do this again, excited to hear your voice. It's been too long, brother, and uh, I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, so Coach, a ton of things to unpack at this time of the year, let's start with the idea of 
the workload on your players, right? As you're getting into, you know, high school, maybe it's week six, seven, college eight, nine, a little bit longer on the season. Making sure that you have these guys the whole way through is important. And, and guys always think about, well, do I shorten practice? How do I do things? And I think there's a lot of different ways you can do it. But for you, just thinking of that, what are some of the, the things you like to focus on to make sure that your guys are fresh on game day? Yeah, it's a great question. And start off by saying that, uh, you know, I'll share this. When I was working for Doug Marone, he had a, an expression that was pretty pretty accurate, regardless of the level that you're coaching at. You know, he said every day that as the season goes on, as a coach walks into the building, he wants to do a little bit more. And every day that the season goes on and a player walks into the building, he wants to do a little bit less. So, you know, there's always that conflict of, of wanting to put in, uh, you know, more wrinkles or, you know, new players and new concepts. But I think it's uh, in today's game, it is a balance of keeping guys fresh and, and you know, not only physically fresh, you know, the, the game is so uh, physical and so much more, you know, played at a higher level nowadays than when we play it. But I think there's two components to that, right? Uh, physically staying healthy, uh, managing the right number of, of reps in practice enough so that your team is prepared as as the big you know divisional games come into play or the games that become crucial to get into the playoffs. That's one component of it. But I think the second component too is is keeping things fr- things fresh and exciting for the players. Even if you're in week five or six of the season, that means that you're really probably in week you know ten. Uh, you know, four weeks of training camp or three weeks of training camp. And so I think when players come into the game, I think it's our job as coaches to make sure we're we're stimulating those guys in, in lots of different ways. Um, and that's always a challenge, but that's always a fun part too. Definitely. And as I said, a lot of different ways to do that. When you look at this time, how much is, is the balance maybe of looking at, okay, we could cut down on this part of the drill. Obviously, receivers, right? You want to cut down the running. Maybe working more at top of the route or, you know, find points at the break, et cetera. Uh, quarterbacks, you know, uh, you, you want to keep their arms live. Definitely don't want them, you know, throwing extremely much. It's all about timing. Offensive line, taking some of the hits off of them. So the, I think there's a lot of things you could do from – you know, the head coach deciding he's going to shorten up periods to you know, taking a look at how you're doing your individual or group or even team periods. What kind of things do you focus on, again, to lighten the load up and keep those guys fresh physically? I think the first thing, you know, uh, that, that you do is you got to – you mentioned it. How much hitting are we doing at this point and how much hitting do we need to do? You know, do we need to run – uh, a nine on seven drill do we need to run an inside you know run drill do we need to do a three spot drill at that point in the season so i think it's managed by one your injuries what your team is like how fresh are they you know how healthy are they that's the first component i think the second thing that you balance into that equation is you know are we playing a team that is similar to the opponents that we've played in the past do they run similar concepts similar plays or are we facing a team that, you know, requires more practice time? You know, maybe you're playing an option team and you haven't faced an option team all year. Maybe you're playing a, a uh, you know, a run and shoot team that is up tempo and you just haven't seen that much of that uh, as the course has gone on, uh, you know, four wide sets. So I think those factors in how healthy your team is, what type of offense and defense you're facing. And I think that where you begin – 
to tailor down on terms of the physical part of the game, I think there's two things that you can't sacrifice. The first is you can't sacrifice time for fundamentals. Fundamentals are, they're the same whether you're you're five years old, you're 15 years old, or you're 25 years old, and, and, and those will never change. And I think sometimes, I know I have in the past, we as coaches have made the mistake of cutting individual because that's the first thing that we want to cut. We want to get the scheme in. We want to get the team periods in. And I would advocate that in, in my experience, you know, you got to stay with the fundamental focus um, and you can't cut that. So then you ask yourself the question, well, then where do we cut, right? And so you, you start to say, well, can I replace a team period with a jog through or a walk through? Do I make my practices flow a little bit so that there's an individual focus, then there's a full full team period, and then you tone it down to where it's a, a glorified jog through, and then you amp it back up to where it's another team period? I think that's where we can be creative as coaches. It's hard to do an entire practice as a walkthrough. So I think, I think that's one of the things is can, can we take some of the running and the pounding off and the hitting off? And I think one of the best ways to do that is by substituting some – some jog through or walk through periods within your practices. I think you've always got to be conscious of play count, how many reps you're getting in practice. And I think you need to have a plan for that. That's flexible as the year goes on. You know, how many, how many team reps do you want them to get? I also think it's really different based on position. And this is something that you can't overlook. You know, you might be running with three receivers or two receivers on, on the field at a time, but those guys up front, the guys that, that that are doing the hitting all the time, the offensive line, the defensive line, those are the guys that I think you've got to monitor the amount of contact and, and, and physical pounding that they're taking. So can you replace a team period with a skelly period? And I think those are all things that are hard to balance. Um, can you time up your blitzes, you know, your blitz period? And can you do that as a job through so that from a defensive perspective, you get to see – the the holes and where you're trying to hit the design of the play and from an offensive perspective you work on your pass pro can you do those things in a walkthrough as opposed to going full speed and I think that's a that's that's always a challenge but that's always something we got to be conscious of as as you get into the middle part of the season definitely I agree with that I know just looking at one area I really liked to move to especially as the season went on, was more from, you know, getting away from the inside run, which typically is a nine-on-seven drill, to more of a a run with some mix of maybe some play action and RPO mixed in there, that just the factor of when the defense knows that it's not just run, they're not selling out that some of the hit, comes out of it just because they have to play keys. They can't just sell out to one thing. And I know that always, our linemen liked it definitely, that kind of preserve things. Is that something you ascribe to or you've done before? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's exactly what you said. Can we substitute a, a team run and, and make it a, a run play action screen period, right, where we mix all three of those and we get good work? You know, I think the other component is – where can I account for the reduction in plays, right? Where do I want to take those off? And I think you have to be strategic about that. Do we do need to do a two-minute drill, or are we far enough along in our two-minute drill that we don't need to have that pounding? One of the things that I saw 
when I was visiting the Buffalo Bills a couple of years ago, which was great. They started practice before stretch with a jog through two minute period. So they got the two minute mechanics down, getting the calls in, getting aligned, making the checks on defense. And, and they did that just to simulate their two minute operation and not do it full speed at the end of a day three practice, which is typically when it's done. Um, so I think, yeah, finding a way to substitute those things into, can we not just run eight run plays in a row, but let's get four runs and then let's get four play actions or four runs, two play actions, two screens, and kind of assimilate those things that you did in training camp and reduce them down. Um, absolutely. We've done a lot of that. And I think you have to, and I think it may change week to week. And this is one of the other things I think that I wanted to touch on a little bit is, you know, we get into this routine as coaches and having been a head coach, I know I did it where you follow the same practice plan every week. And the reality is that football is not played that way. So I think you can be creative within your own practice plans. You know, we're, we're playing, you know, we've been really poor in the red zone. So we're going to have an extra period of focus on the red zone. You know, these guys are really good on, on short yardage. So we got to spend a little bit of time coaching on short yardage. So I think having the flexibility within your own thought process and planning of what do we need to do this week to help prepare our guys the best for what they're going to see. It might be totally different than what you did last week. And I think there's got to be some flexibility in that because, again, every week poses a different challenge a different set of circumstances, a different defense, a different offense, a different set of special teams. And maybe you haven't been as good in an area. And so that middle part of the season really gives you time to focus in on some of the things that you haven't been doing well, that you need more work in, or that you just need to help prepare for that upcoming opponent. I think that's a, a really good point that you know, we get to the time of the year, we, we certainly have that cumulative effect of the reps that we've put in since camp on some of these plays. You know, some of those plays have been repped hundreds of times. And do we need to keep adding to that? Or can we get more prescriptive, like you said, and say, okay, now we, we need to t- look at the context of the game. The game's always played in context, right? It's, I mean, and we work it that way in practice, but we kind of segment it you know, different things. And that's where, as you said, you can be prescriptive and saying, hey, we're going to give more time to this. We're going to take away time here. And just that in and of itself, I think breaking up the the monotony of we're running the same practice on a Tuesday that we've run since week one helps the, the players mentally as well. Absolutely. And, and I think that's one of those things where you know, you come in and it's not the same routine. It's, it's different. It's fresh. And and I, as a player, now feel like you truly are helping me. You know, uh, the coach staff is really helping us uh, put us in the best situation possible. And also, I think if you look at reducing the practice, right, The we've always had talked about these things as a staff is what is the day to take the load off, right? If you played on Saturday and you plan on having a, a heavy Monday practice, right? Or, or just a a light, I'm sorry, is this a light Monday jog through? Is Tuesday a heavy day, Wednesday a lighter day, Thursday a heavy day, or do you do two heavy days on Tuesday and Wednesday and then ease back on Thursday? Those are all the discussions that have to be 
in an ebb and flow as the season goes on. And again, I think it's based on the situation with your team. I know this past year, as the season went on, we would do a Tuesday heavy practice where we would call day one, day two would be lighter, and then day three would be a little heavier full speed, but not as many reps, right? As we got into those weeks where you were banged up a little bit. But again, I think it's dependent on on your philosophy, first and foremost, and, and the, the health of your team. I've always been interested in the use of technology to make our jobs more effective. So I'm excited to continue sharing modern football technology with you here on the podcast. This innovative system leverages tendencies to improve self-scouting, game planning, and in-game decision-making at the speed of the game. Modern football stands out because it's a battle-tested platform used by teams at all levels, like four-time national champion Bishop Gorman, the five-time California state champion Folsom Bulldogs, six-time Texas state champion Lake Travis, Cal football, and the CFL's Grey Cup champions, the Montreal Alouettes. So book a demo today to see why these teams trust modern football technology. Visit www.teammofo.com demo and mention Coach and Coordinator Podcast or use the coupon code CC10 to receive 10% off your first year. Moving into the, the mental side of things and keeping it fresh on the mental side, part of it is maybe being able to add those wrinkles, but I don't think you blindly add those. I think it always goes back to your scouting of the opponent in the self-scout. You're going to have tendencies that you've built up now along the season and have to make a decision, you know, what, what do I do with these? Am I breaking them? Am I building them longer? Do I want to break them in this game or that? Uh, so what approach do you take to, to really putting that all together that what it really comes down to is as you add a wrinkle here or there, you're also engaging their minds a little bit too because it is a little bit new and different, yet you've built on the teaching that you laid down in camp. It's a real good question and a, and a challenge sometimes because as coaches, we want to we want to create new plays, right? And one of the things that's always, and I don't want to say new plays, but a concept that fits in that week against that opponent, the challenge always that we all have to look back on is say, okay, as we are looking to cut some practice reps, how many reps are, are our guys going to truly get at this play? And I know I've made the mistake at times of putting in a play and a concept that is going to work great against the defense. But you look back at the end of the week and you say, uh, after you've called the game, you say, man, you know, th- those guys only got two looks at that and they, and they saw it versus this coverage and they didn't see it versus that coverage. And so I think that's, the first thing that you have to ask. So I break it down this way. What new concepts are we trying to put in? And then I think what we can all, at least I'm going to speak for myself, what I can do a better job of is looking back at the things that we have run and building as many compliments off of those. So this is what the opponents have seen. This is what they're anticipating. These are the things that we've run out of these formations, these looks let's just put a little wrinkle that's a little bit different off of a very similar look. And I think that's really important. And that's probably sometimes more beneficial than just putting in a new concept uh, or a new play. So factor in what we can do wrinkles off of the things that opponents have seen, what new concepts can we put in? And then I think that as we get into the later parts of the season where there's more games to watch, the tendency as coaches is to now focus on looking at 
six games. Maybe your breakdown is based off of the last three games or, or three, uh, four games. But we all as coaches go back and watch the other games. The problem with that is the season goes on is there's less and less self-scout that we do. Right? And from an offensive perspective, I know those guys on defense are looking at alignments. Why is this guy a little bit different? Going back and looking at what your quarterback does, because believe me, they all have patterns and they all have tells. And those guys on the other side of the ball, from a defensive perspective, they're just looking for that. How much? How many times does that quarterback, you know, wipe his hands on his towel when it's a run as opposed to when it's a pass? You know, when we have the back offset and his cross is splitting the outside leg of the guard, what do we run when he's stacked a little wider on the tackle? Right. And so those are the things that I think really need to happen in week five, six and seven, you know, is to go back and do a really good, deep self scout on any of those little tendencies that that start to show and creep up. And the third thing. So, you know, you got your new concepts, you got your wrinkles off of things that you've done. Then I think you start looking at your base offense and saying, how can we run these same plays from a reduced split so it doesn't and that's all tied into the self-scouting uh, you know i mentioned how can we run you know this quick out from a, a reduced split so it looks different and and how am i going to marry my packages so that i want to run the same things that we've been running but i'm just going to give it a different formation look a different split look a different emotion look a different shift look whatever whatever you're doing i that's where I've tended to focus my my energy in the middle of the season. At times, I've been way too heavy on new concepts and new plays because that's the fun part of what we do. We love to come up with new wrinkles, new ideas. Uh, that's a creative part of what we do. But I think that you always have to balance that by how many reps am I going to get at this new play. Definitely. I think it's a huge consideration. I always said, I realized, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, realized at some point in my career that all these things that we think you know are good on a a Sunday afternoon as we're breaking down film and getting the game plan ready for the next Saturday is uh, we get around to it and like you said you don't get enough of the reps and then I'm not comfortable calling it or it's not more importantly it's not in my thought process because it didn't completely fit and and so you have to be disciplined about that. I got much better about just being upfront with coaches when they'd bring something to the table and just saying, well, how can we fit it within what we do? Because if it just stands out here like this, I'm probably not going to call it right. And helping them understand that process as well. Cause I always, I didn't want to kill ideas. I love getting ideas, but at the same time, I think that for them, I wanted that, you know, some of these young coaches that needs to be your filter. How does it fit into what we do already? Yeah, absolutely. And it's a great point because, you do want ideas. You want to feel that you know, make everybody feel that they've got input. Sometimes that can be tougher based on your working parameters and you know mandates from you know the head coach or you know from time constraints or anything like that. But the best is when everybody is collaborating, putting ideas together. But yet, you as a play caller have to make sure that you're comfortable with it. And and sometimes you just don't see how it fits. You know, where you you just aren't comfortable calling a play and that and that you know all of us are going to get a chance to sit in that chair one day and we'll all understand you you need from a play calling perspective you truly got to believe in it you know that being said i will say that one of the things i always wanted young coaches to do and 
I know that, uh, you know, Kenny Dorsey used to do this for me when, when I was, he was a, the fourth string quarterback or third string quarterback in, in Toronto up in the CFL it was my first year as a, as a coordinator. And heck, I didn't know what I was doing back then, you know, but Kenny would always come in with 10, 12 plays. And, you know, some days I'd say, that's great. You know, that's great. Tell me about this one. Okay. Where are you seeing this one? How are we reading this? And, you know, to Kenny's credit, and that's why he's so successful and been so successful is he was never faced by a rejection. But what one of the things he mentioned to me later was he always asked me, well, how's the quarterback going to read this? Well, what are we going to do in this coverage? Okay, well, why do you like this? And with young coaches, everybody's got ideas. I think, show me the clip that you saw it on tape where you like it. And then show me where what we're going to do against, you know, these coverages, because these are the main things that we're getting or this front and kind of put more ownership on the young coaches to, to not only bring a play idea, but to give you some evidence on film where the play might work and to think of how it's going to look outside that one individual look that they got it off of. I think that's always beneficial. You know, I know people did that for me when I was younger because we all got ideas. You know, some of them just fit better than others. And, and, and again, our job as coordinators is to assimilate everybody's ideas and make them feel like they're part of a, the, the game plan because they need to be. And then at the end of the day, we're the ones that got to call it. But I think the more that guys can dive back into looking at their own position and their own tells and their own tendencies, you know, that uh, the more beneficial that is for the entire offense, at least. In looking at the bigger picture, complimentary football is something now really becoming a buzzword. Not that we never did it before, but, you know, we did move through this era where, it was about you know the offense running as fast as they can, and you know I know you guys got some pretty fast communication systems in the XFL, uh, but there's still, especially as you get towards the later season and those crucial games. I mean, you do have to think about the game management, and I know a lot of that falls on the head coach, but certainly as an offensive coordinator, I think you need to be thinking about it too. I think you need to be aware of what your defensive coordinator feels are some needs as well what recommendations do you have for really being able to work together with the rest of the staff to figure out you know from a a bigger perspective how do we need to think about this game that is a great question and I do think it starts with a head coach I think it's the head coach that has you know meeting with the coordinators and you know as the game plan and through the week and as the game plan is set you know the good ones I've been around we did that you know, the, the night before game, Hey guys, how do, how do we see this game? How, you know, how do we see this? And we're all in our silos when we're going through the week. And I mean, offensive, defensively, you know, we might, Hey, I need this look or, Hey, can you bring me this, this blitz? But I think it's really beneficial when the night before game, we all get in a room and we all know how we anticipate this game is going to go. Hey guys, we're going to struggle on defense, stopping these guys. They're really talented. You know, we're going to have to score a lot of points, so, so we're going to stay aggressive on offense. you got to throw the ball downfield. You know, I'm going to go for it on some fourth downs. Okay, now we're all in the right frame of mind as to how this game is going to go. I think that first part of that discussion needs to be had during the week and then definitely the night before game. I think the second thing, and I'll give you this example, and I know that the, the Ravens use this color code system, and to communicate amongst the coordinators – and let's just say we're in a situation where, 
it's kind of a four-minute game, a three-minute game. We're on offense. We're up by two or three points, and we get the ball back. Well, they use a color system that, uh, from my understanding, is you know uh, as simple as red, yellow, and green, right? So the head coach talks to the defense coordinator uh, based on how that game in the second half has gone. He tells the offense coordinator, hey, we're in red mode here, so we're going to run it three times, and if we have to punt, we'll punt. We feel pretty good about our defense stopping these guys if we give them the ball back. Hey, we're in yellow mode here. You know, if you need to throw it, let's just throw something smart, make a quick game, something that, you know, is is high percentage. Okay. Or we're in green mode. Hey, we can't give the ball back to the defense. You're going to have to win the game. So be aggressive, throw it on first down if you want. Yeah, And I think communicating with that color system makes things a lot easier and makes us play complimentary football. And I think you can use that not just in a three-minute scenario, but I think you can use that before the half as the game is an ebb and flow. I think it's a really good way to communicate. And and that's really head coach's job, right, to go back and forth. If a head coach is a play caller as well, then I think it's a little bit more complicated. But I love that as a way to make sure you're playing complimentary football. Discussions through the week, color code system on game day. Coach, some great suggestions here today. Uh, I love that, the different ideas, the different perspectives you brought to this and important things at this time of the year. And certainly appreciate you coming back on the podcast and we'll have to make sure we don't wait a year in between the next one. Definitely. I'm always here for you guys. I, I really appreciate you having me on. Keep doing your thing. This podcast is, is really growing. It's fun to listen to. You got so many talented coaches on here. You know, I enjoy listening to it and really, really, Excited for what you're building, man. Keep it going. Thank you for listening to the Coaching Coordinator Season Series. We will continue to bring you timely ideas and insight to help you throughout the season. Check the description for the link to Coach Alessandro's previous episode, which also addressed in-season topics. And check your favorite podcast app or coachingcoordinator.com for the entire catalog of season episodes. You can sign up at coachingcoordinator.com for our weekly tips sheet which runs down the ideas shared during the previous week.